Hey guys, Bill here with a real quick solo kicky punchy. My dog Wart and I were walking the wild streets of Soldatna, Alaska, and honestly, if I'm being 100% honest, in case I got mauled by a bear, I was hoping somebody would be watching and call the police for me, or mauled by a moose or some such thing, as almost happened on Saturday night. So, talk about that a little bit later on in the week. Anywho, so this IG Live is about what I would like to see in the bantamweight division. Now, it gets cut short because my battery starts dying, and my battery starts dying because it's so cold. Because it's like eight degrees when Wart and I are on this walk, and you're listening to us kind of go lucid, uh, and, and our brain get cold, and see what happens. Uh, hey guys, how are you doing? Man, it is, uh, it's chilly, it's like eight degrees. Wart, come on bud. So, I am Bill, I, uh, you don't know that, I am walking with my dog Wart, and we are going to talk about what fights we want to see in 2022 while I walk around my neighborhood in lovely middle of nowhere Alaska, which is fucking lovely, by the way. Uh, I say that with all love in my heart. So, going back to... Uh, UFC in 2022. So, uh, one astute observer mentioned that what uh, Conor McGregor is probably what, uh, in all likelihood, going to be the guy that fights Charles Oliveira. Um, in that, uh, when Habib had a fight contract signed to fight. Eddie Alvarez, Conor McGregor swooped in and got the uh, got the fight. Work. So while that might have been the case in with Conor in years past, one of the things that I think that we're going to notice is that he doesn't necessarily uh, have the same. He doesn't have the pull that he had in uh, in years past. So in 2017 or 2018, he might be able to jump everyone to a title shot. Now, you could have made the argument a few years ago that this was uh, probably a very dangerous, the most dangerous fight for Charles Olvera because Charles Olvera does get punched. He does get hit. Um, that's that's 100% true. One of the things that we've learned, though, is that uh, that dude really can, A, take a shot because he got rocked. He still has the belt. Like, he didn't not become the champion, right? Um, but I also think that part of that shot uh, his his uh, uh, taking a shot comes from the fact that he can't see, right? So, what do I mean? Uh, what do I think that benefits him? I think that it gets you to jump into his guard. I get. I think that that gets you 
if you are the heavy-handed opponent, uh, to get comfortable jumping into the guard of Charles Oliveira. I don't think that if you are uh, Conor McGregor, you last long in the guard of Charles Oliveira. I think that that's a thing that would probably end poorly for Conor McGregor. Um, but I think that I don't think that Conor uh, can hit the same way at, at lightweight against some of the guys that, um, for example, like like Poirier uh, couldn't put Oliveira away. Connor uh, Connor's shots were just kind of shook off by Dustin. All right, these fights, I I don't think Connor makes a, a fight with Oliveira interesting. And I don't think he gets the fight because I don't think he has the pull that he had uh, three or four or even two years ago. So I don't think that he jumps Justin Gaethje. I think the Justin Gaethje fight is far more interesting than Connor. Now, Connor can sell the fight probably better than Justin Gaethje could. However, I think that people are tired of Connor's antics, and I don't think there's any way around um, he didn't do anything to to get the fight other than be Connor McGregor. Uh, not to knock the man, I mean, that got him title shots before, and that made him a champion before. But I don't think this time it does anything for him. All right, we've seen him go up to, like, 180. We've seen what he looks like there. Uh, I don't know how fast he was at 180. I don't know how, how great his cardio was. <sighs> Excuse me. At 180. Um, but I think that getting him back down to 155 uh, ends up... Well, it doesn't end up working well for Connor. I think that... Uh, Connor would end up being deflated. He would be going from 180 to 155 in a couple, you know, three months. Definitely doable, I'm certain. But when you put him in there with a guy like Charles Oliveira, who doesn't walk around at 180 pounds, um, that, you know, that is long, lean, and you're not going to have an answer for on the ground. Your best bet is going to be to keep it standing. Uh, but I don't think that people really want to see that kind of fight anymore. They want to see a fight. They want to see Conor McGregor in there with Justin Gaethje. Maybe, maybe that fight happens. Maybe if, if Justin Gaethje fights Charles Oliveira, whoever wins gets that red panty. And God bless him. Right, because you survived X amount of time with either of those men. But I think that Connor, Connor either gets choked or he gets beaten up real, real bad. I think it's easier for him to get choked. He's got a lot more chokes in him than he's got beatings. So if you put him in there with Gaethje, I think that takes a few years off of his, probably his life, not just his career. However, if you put him in there with Charles Oliveira and his biggest threat is, is being choked, well, he likes those odds. Those are good odds. You know, like, best thing that can happen to him is he can tap out. The worst thing is you break his face. You break his body. You break his ribs with kicks and punches and all of the things that we know 
Justin Gaethje is going to do. We know Justin Gaethje is going to beat you up. He's going to wrestle you. He's going to take you down. He's probably going to let you up again just to keep kicking you down. And then he'll probably take you down again. And he'll beat the dog shit out of you. And that's how he wins that fight. Conor McGregor doesn't want that fight. The easier fight really is, you know, the when you're in there with a guy who's most likely just going to choke you. Um, I don't know. What I the another fight that I like um, uh, this year that I think is going to be a fight uh, worth watching is uh, Dominic Cruz and uh, Jose Aldo. I think that fight is the fight that is the most likely to happen. Um, and it's not like it's a fight where like loser leaves town. These are both guys who have been. Um, who've been on a win streak lately. You know, these are both guys who have looked really good in their last few outings against top-notch opponents. So you have, you have a battle of game plans against professionals and champions. Now, I think that's the fight that is probably the most exciting for me as a fan to watch. The fact that that fight didn't happen 10 or 11 or 12 years ago in the WEC is crazy to me. You had all of these kills. You had Uriah Faber. You had Jose Aldo and Dominic Cruz and all those, uh, the other cast of, you know, small murderers. People forget that's where Glover Teixeira came from. Um, Sokaju, when he wasn't in the UFC, uh, was, was fighting over there. Gosh, darn it, man. Um, the WEC had some murders. The current UFC light heavyweight champion fought in the WEC in like the mid 2000s. All right. How crazy is that? The dude is still just killing it. By the way, Bethany, if you want to pop in, you are uh, more than welcome to pop in or whoever that is at, uh, at Inkwell's. But that, for me, is probably the Uriah, or not Uriah Faber, Dominic Cruz, uh, Jose Aldo, is probably the fight that I am the most, the absolutely most excited for. And how does it go? I think it goes to Aldo. Uh, I think that he attacks those legs, uh, and, uh, and I think he does some real serious damage to, uh, to Dominic Cruz's knees. That's what I think happens. What will happen? I don't know. He could. Uh, Dominic Cruz is a master of game plans. You know, like I don't know how many people expected him to beat Pedro Munoz, but he beat Pedro Munoz. I don't know how many people had him doing that, but he did it. Uh, so I'm excited. You know, those are fights that I, I, for me, I think are exciting. All right, those are. You know, Uriah Faber, um, I mean, former Uriah Faber uh, foes and opponents uh, doing it. I like that. I, li I think that's really, really cool that they've got a lot of mutual opponents that go back like 15 years. It's crazy that these two have never fought. So um, that's, that, I think, is probably more likely. Uh, and I think that that's one that fans want more. Uh, I mean, I'm sure TJ Dillashaw versus Jose Aldo uh, will be a good one. And I think that the winner of Dominic Cruz and Jose Aldo 
will fight for the bantamweight uh, winner of whoever ends up fighting TJ Dillashaw. So if we know that Petra Jan and uh, Aljamain Sterling have a fight schedule, they've got something coming up, they've got a scrap, it's coming, we know it's coming, all right? So we've got them. The winner of that is likely to fight TJ Dillashaw, providing that they aren't too injured and TJ is going to be able to fight. Because remember, he had knee surgery. So the guy has the knee surgery. That happens. That goes through. He's ready to um, to fight again. Now let's say that fight happens. Uh, I think it would be a great fight, TJ Dillashaw versus the winner of Dominic Cruz and Jose Aldo. And I think that that... Uh, you know, that would be the fight to make, providing that the cards played out like that. Um, and, and if the winner of Dominic Cruz and Jose Aldo uh, fights the winner uh, of Algermain Petrion, not mad at that either. You know, there's, there's a lot of ways that these fights can go. Um, dude, if you want to hop in, TJ's really good. It's really easy to hate TJ because he made a mistake. And and how many of us can can really say we didn't make a mistake or that we've never cheated or we've never done wrong? And yeah, in a very real way, they're playing a completely different game because they are they're playing a game of of real real life and death. We had a a couple months ago there was a, uh, a frat kid who was doing a charity boxing event. He never had any training, and he died. He, uh, he got beaten to death. And it's terrible, and it's sad, and it's a shame. 100% on that. However, um, uh, oh, yeah, no, I think steroids would be uh, wonderful. Allowed. I would, here's what I think. And this is, and this is just me, right? I would love to see a league, uh, that was like pro performance enhancers. Take anything you want, but you gotta be honest with what it is you're taking. I don't even care if you can spell it, right? If, uh, if you give Mike Perry all of the juice in the world and whatever else he wants, give him a Mountain Dew before a fight, uh, I wanna see that fight. However, if you have guys that are clean, uh, you know, like you, you give them their leave and you, and you do that. I think you do that. But I think that if you do that, right, where you have a clean league and you have a dirty league, uh, the dirty league is going to, those guys and gals are going to make so much more money because you're going to see uh, more from them and you're going to expect more from them. Because they're on all of the drugs. They're on all of the juice, right? The only requirement for them is they have to be upfront with everything they are taking. So we as fans can like really kind of empathize. They're putting their life on the line for our entertainment. Uh, because not only does this shit shrink your nuts, this shit, this other thing, uh, causes your kidneys to explode. So yeah, your kidneys shrink or your, uh, your nuts shrink and your kidneys explode. They literally, they blow the fuck up. Right. Um, but he's doing it for our entertainment and that's awesome. 
but you're going to have like the same difference in pay that you have with the NBA and the WNBA. All right. And the clean fighters are going to complain and they're going to be right to complain. However, uh, these are, this is prize fighting, uh, and not like building role models. Right. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, like I would love to see uh, sports leagues do that. Like there was a uh, Saturday Night Live skit like back in the 80s. And it was um, it was about the all drug uh, all drug Olympics. Right. And, you know, like they had like the power lifters were on everything. Um, and at one point, like a power lifter um, ripped their arm like or come here. Uh, had their arms ripped off. Uh, during a roid rage. Hold on a second. So, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely pro steroids in uh, in sports. Yeah, I I think that um, I don't know if you are. If you are willing to risk all of the side effects of the uh, of all of the extra doping, like you know, like your kidneys exploding and uh, you're not shrinking, all the stuff that goes along with that, you know, uh, you deserve all the extra pay per view money, right? So imagine if you can give Jose Aldo right all of the steroids in the world. Now, not only does his career last an extra ten years, but what he can do in that 10 years. Let's let's imagine that he's also getting all the stem cells too, right? He's essentially giving himself the body of a 25-year-old uh, with the knowledge and wisdom that he's accumulated through years of training and physical combat sports, all right? So he does that. I want to see what that looks like. All right? I think that that could be the most entertaining thing in the world. And and it would be it would absolutely be worth the seventy dollars that they're charging for uh, pay per view events now, which is like the fourth time that they've gone up in the last year. But if I'm being honest with myself, that also has me like going to people's houses or having people come to mine. Like it's not like I'm watching them by myself. I, you know, I'm going to a place to watch them with friends. As it should be. So if you're doing that and you have five friends coming over, what's 12 bucks and, and some food or some chips or some beer or some soda or whatever it is? So, um, yeah, sorry. Where are we at now? No, I don't think HGH should be considered steroids either. Uh, I think that the things that you are willing to do to your body for my entertainment, uh, cheers to you. Cheers to you. By the way, if anyone wants to tap in uh, to join me in this conversation, by all means, just walk around a little bit. Um, 
Yeah, no, I wouldn't say HGH should be a steroid either. I would, again, I'm all about, like, if you clean them up and make them dirty. Um, you know, like, I, I was a fan of, of, uh, of, uh, TRT, um, uh, Vitor. What I mean by TRT is uh, testosterone replacement therapy. There were guys that had legitimate needs for it. Guys, um, guys like Bigfoot Silva, who uh, like legitimately had a, a physical need to take um, uh, additional testosterone. He would lactate. Like he had a physical illness, but the rules were so strict that he couldn't. And so, you know, on one hand, the TRT probably did affect his performance, uh, did help him out in a couple of fights. Uh, the lack of additional testosterone also hurt him later on in his career when he would abide by that. So I don't know. Oh, man. So keep in mind, though, TRT Vitor got, got sniped by, um, and we don't know if he was TRT Anderson. Like, we know that Anderson popped hot later on in his career. We don't know if he was hot during that fight, but TRT Vitor certainly got it straight down the middle from Anderson Silva. But he did absolutely go on a tear after that. He was on such a tear after that that Chris Weidman ducked him. All right, Chris Weidman said that he wouldn't fight him until... If I'm not mistaken, like, he did separate John and uh, when they fought. So, you know, uh, Vitor is a bad man. Vitor is a bad, bad man. And I'm bummed that we never got the Fedor-Vitor fight. I think that would have been great. Um, I know that v or Vitor uh, hopped in and offered to fight Fedor when uh, uh, Josh Barnett tested positive at the very last minute. Uh, for an affliction fight, and ultimately it sank affliction. But yeah, Fedor and Victor almost happened. If kind of later, my friend. I'm gonna go live a little bit later. Agreed, agreed.